From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Hi, I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, and I have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the line as a co-host. And we are your leadership development coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. Today's show is about managing talent as a competitive advantage at Comcast. And today, our guest is going to be Sharice R. Lilly. She is the Senior Vice President of Human Resources at Comcast. And we're going to bring her on a little bit. We're also going to give you a little bit more uh, about her bio. But at this moment, I also want to welcome uh, Kathy. Hey, Riley. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. And Kathy and I, we want to bring the, the best to you in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and we also are very interested in providing evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. Riley, I can't tell you how excited I am today to have Sharice Lilly from Comcast with us because we know that leaders are the heartbeat of an organization, and leaders like Sharice really demonstrate that. You know, most leaders underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and thus they and their teams can underperform. Doing just a few things differently, as you know, can drastically improve your performance and your organizations. What we hope to share with you during these shows are how to develop more leaders in your organization, what happy companies know, emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies you can use readily, brain and neuroscience contributions to the top performance of leaders, and both generation and gender differences. We also offer information on work-life balance practices, strategies for managing your boss, and self-management tools so you can be your best too, plus many more tools and tips. So before we bring on Sharice, we also want to give you just some of the evidence based about leadership. What are some of the key things that we know about leaders? One, why we talk so much about leaders? Well, leaders have been known to have as high as 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. Why is that? We also know emotions are contagious. Leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. And ideally, someone... We're talking a lot about star performers as someone in the top 10%. And people in the top 10% have been shown to be high in emotional intelligence, especially when compared to IQ or techno expertise. The emotional intelligence has been the key factor. And we know leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th to the 89th percentile. One way to, to go about this and increase profit is by creating coaching networks inside your company. And typically, in one, you can do that in one day, and studies show that happiness is tied to profit by more than 93%. And if you tie coaching to training, training helps, obviously, but there's about a 22% in productivity with training alone. If you have training and coaching, there's about an 88% uh, bump in productivity. And so what, what we hope the listeners get is a few micro-initiatives, few things they can do differently that, that can create a macro-impact. 
And if you're interested in leadership and coaching information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. If you're interested in more information about me, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence, books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. Thanks, Relly. I want to give our audience a little background on Sharice before we bring her on for a very exciting conversation about talent at Comcast. Sharice is one of the most extraordinary women I have ever met. She's also one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met. She's the former chair of the board of the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. She served as the city solicitor for Philadelphia from 1990 to 1992. She began her career as a law clerk in the U.S. District Court of Pennsylvania and was a Justice Department lawyer for five years. Sharice is the recipient of numerous honors, and it would probably take hours for me to go through all of them, so I'm only going to pick a few. But in 2007, she received the Operation Understanding Outstanding Service Award, the Liberty Award from the Greater Philadelphia Chapter of Women in Cable Telecommunications. She also received the Paragon Award from the National Association of Multi-Ethnicity in Communications and the Philadelphia Magazine Trailblazer Award. She also won the Women of Distinction Award and the Learned Hand Award from the Philadelphia Chapter of the American Jewish Committee. She's just an amazing human being. And um, she's also the recipient, I have, to, I have to add in here, of the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund Awards of Excellence. She's been honored so many ways as a distinguished woman. And uh, she's a Houston, Texas native who uh, actually got her degree from Wesleyan University. She has her JD from Temple Law School in Philadelphia, and she has an LLM from Yale, and she was awarded a doctorate from Seton Hall University in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. I want to tell you that Sharice is a business leader in her own right. She joined Comcast in 2005 as the Vice President of Human Resources for Comcast Corporation, and she's the Senior Vice President Human Resources of Comcast Cable Communications. Among her many leadership roles, she was a former partner in the law firm of Ballard Spar Andrews and Ingersoll in Philadelphia and a member of the boards of Howard University and also Penn Mutual. Ms. Lilly is a proud past chair of the American Bar Association Commission on Racial and Ethnic Diversity, and as the most senior human resource executive at Comcast, Ms. Lilly focuses on positioning Comcast for success in an ever-growing market that is so challenged with diverse needs. She says a good employer will assist its employees in setting goals, give them feedback, reward them, and on a differential basis, according to the quality and depth of their performance, as much as against the goals. Welcome, Sharice. Thank you. Kathy, the only clarification is that is that, that was an honorary uh, doctorate from uh, from uh, Seton Hill. <laughs> and thank you very much thank for that you. clarification. It is still a doctorate. <laughs> yes, and I and I and I am very proud of it. I'll tell you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, Thanks, Sharice. We're we're really excited that you're on the line. We want to kind of pick your brain about some of these things that you're doing on Comcast, and just really about leadership in general. Um, just to have your expertise is, is going to be wonderful. Thank so, you. 
to, to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to Comcast after such a terrific career as an attorney. Right. Well, I, I actually came to Comcast because Comcast was one of my clients. I was, I was working as a labor and employment lawyer at uh, Ballots Bar Andrews and Ingersoll, and um, I, I loved the people with whom I worked at, at Comcast. I never really had a desire to be an in-house attorney, so a general counsel position was not attractive to me at all. And by the way, they didn't call to ask me to be general counsel, but when they called about this position, it was really very enticing to me because the only frustration that I had, I loved practicing law, I loved being outside counsel, um, and I loved doing the trial work, uh, but the, the one thing that was frustrating to me was as a trial lawyer in, in, any, in any area, but particularly in the area of labor and employment, you would come in, put out a fire, either settle a case or, or, or try the case, and there was a little frustration in not being able to set policy because sometimes litigation will give you a window into structural deficits. And I always felt frustration with all of my clients that I couldn't really make change. I, I could fix the particular problem. And the opportunity to come to Com- Comcast and really be in, in the forefront of change in terms of the way um, pol- policy is set um, for leadership development. And, and in the leadership development area, really, I'm improving on everything that we had here. But there are new things that we're doing in terms of performance management and really trying to, to up the ante on communication with our employees and and setting rewards and and trying to make sure that people feel that they're being paid and adequately rewarded for their performance. These are things that that we really are going into um, uh, full force, and it's just an exciting time to be here. And plus, when I met the business leaders like uh, Brian Roberts and Steve Burke uh, here at Comcast, I I just felt that I was going to be working with really enlightened people who really understood and and got HR and understood that that the success of the company is really dependent on on its people, and that the people that we have here at Comcast are our greatest asset. You know, Sharice, as you were just talking, I, I couldn't help but think, who would you say is the most influential um, as a leader? Who's influenced you as a leader in your life? Well, Kathy, as you know, I, I have had, I've been blessed with so many uh, mentors. Uh, my first bosses in the law, Clifford Scott Green and uh, A. Leon Higginbottom, Jr., were federal judges, and, and these men who now have passed away were really um, very strong leaders in the legal profession, very strong leaders in the field of diversity. Um, uh, but I, I would have to say that the, the biggest influences on me really were my, my parents, who were, uh, well, my late father was a jazz musician and, and very well-known music teacher and mentor to young people, and my mother, who's still alive, was um, is still involved in the arts, but uh, uh, her, her just recently retired at the age of 75 from the University of Pittsburgh. But these, these were people who uh, mentored uh, the young people who were their students and who really extended a hand, who were constantly paying it uh, forward, um, and who had very, very high standards in terms of, uh, uh, you know, education and uh, the need to be active in the community and, and the importance of mentoring people in importance of paying paying it forward, although we didn't really call it that. It was really doing what was expected of you in the community. Now, um, just to ask a question about that, Sharice, 
did they encourage you to go into law? Because they, they're both in the arts in one way mm-hmm. or another. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I initially was moving toward the arts and actually did a lot. I, I had formal theatrical training and, oh. and really spent a lot of time on the stage um, really? in high school and was involved in um, uh, debate, uh, debating. De- debating in uh, Texas is a, is a big thing. Um, but my, par- my parents really encouraged my sister and me to do whatever it is we wanted to do. And um, if I had gone into the arts, they would have been happy and they were pleased that I, I went into law. My sister is uh, a doctor of public health, so she went in uh, the, the, the public health field. But I, I actually used my theatrical training very often in the courtroom and the settlement process, so I, you know, I used those skills. But they didn't, they didn't really encourage us in a specific way. They exposed us to an awful lot of things. And, you know, I was in the Houston Youth Symphony Orchestra. We, we did ballet, tap, music lessons. So <laughs> we were thoroughly enmeshed in the arts, um, and, I, and, and I think there's, there's a, you know, it's a slight disappointment in both of them that we didn't go into uh, into to theater. Uh huh. Go ahead. We have just a you know about a minute to kind of finish up and stuff. Say okay. So go ahead. Anything else? You yeah, want to but say about yeah, that? but no, but uh, so no, they they were they encouraged us to really be the best we could be. Well, that's great. Great to hear. We're going to uh, go to a break, but we want to come back and we want to hear some of the things about how your work as a lawyer uh, may be different um, than what you're doing in HR now. So this Absolutely. is. Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back after the break. The bottom line in business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors cried the second. I hope there's the bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. 
homeowners, real estate investors, bankers. Listen up and tune in to Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight, the show that breaks it all down and gives it to you straight. Are you at risk of foreclosure? Interested in buying a foreclosed property? Mark Bull has the answers to the questions you might forget to ask. Finance, Foreclosures, and Foresight broadcasts live on the Voice America Business Channel Monday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific. You can't afford not to tune in. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News with Dr. Relly Nadler and myself, Kathy Greenberg. Our guest today is Sharice Lilly from Comcast. Sharice, we were just talking about who influenced you as a leader, and you were talking about uh, your mom and dad and being in the arts. Let me move on a little bit to how does your work at Comcast in the human resources area differ from what you experienced as an attorney working in human resources? Uh-huh. Well, you know, I think that the role of the, I mean, you know, essentially I was outside counsel, and now in this capacity I am the client. So it really means that I am setting the policy, which ultimately would, would, be, would come under scrutiny by the, either the legal system or um, any employee that had some concerns. And so the way that my, my days are really organized is I, I spend a lot of time really thinking um, about policy-type issues, speaking with our business leaders about, what their aspirations are for the business. And um, in many ways, the practice of law is very transactional. You you get a case, you take some depositions, you interview the witnesses, um, you go to court, you file legal papers. And, and in, in this capacity, I'm really on the front end of all that work so that I'm setting the policy and working with my people who are executing. Um, Comcast is, we are a big company. We have almost 100,000 employees. We're in 39 states in the District of Columbia. And so there are there there all there's an element also of putting out fires, but taking one situation that that occurs in one part of the country and then deciding whether or not we've got to change policy throughout the country as as, as a basis of really making the business operate better. So it's much more policy oriented, and and in the the, the practice of law, I was giving advice, I was giving counsel, and I I was um, dealing with the transactional part of uh, the practice of law. You know, as, as I hear you talking, Charissa, and I'm sure, Kathy, this may be similar for you, difference of sometimes doing training, which is transactional and you're imparting information, then translating that into coaching, which gets out a little bit like you're saying, Charissa, where you're really working with a person you can see, see change over, over the uh, lifespan of the individual or their career, kind of like you're doing at Comcast, you know, as far right. as policy setting. Right. Um, do you see any difference in the leadership requirements from being a lawyer to the head HR person for mm-hmm. Comcast. Well, I, I mean, I think, and remember at, at Ballot, I was also chair of the litigation department. So, I, in addition to doing the um, uh, the transactional work, I, I was supervised there. I was supervising associates in my work, and I was all, but I also was a leader of the um, litigation function at, at at the at the law firm. So I, I was leading, but the, the number of people I'm leading now is is uh, uh, greatly increased. 
Um, but I, I think that, that, you know, the kind of requirements of leadership at, at the firm and here are, are very the same, that I um, have to articulate a vision for how we are going to move the company forward, how we're going to position Comcast to um, to be a leader in the, in the field of telecommunications. Um, I have new tools, though, here at Comcast because we make great use of an in, the, uh, the intranet that we have. We have an, an internal uh, uh, intranet for communication. So in addition to uh, meetings and speaking to, and spending time with um, employees uh, here, I also have the opportunity to tape, do taped messaging, and we have a lot of employee communications that are done by tape. So I think I have much better tools here, um, but, you know, it's a, it's, it's a much bigger platform. But, I, you know, I think it's, it's role modeling. It's also mentoring my direct reports and, and, and serving as a role model for um, other HR professionals that are in the organization, um, being a voice of human resources at the table with our, with our, our business leaders. So that, that, I think, is different because um, in, in the leadership position at the, at the law firm, I was, I was a member of the, of the executive committee, but um, it, it's different here. In a sense, my clients here are the, the senior executives of the company who are setting forth strategy, and we're trying to help them uh, with the people strategy and uh, executing and moving forward. You know, Sharice, as you're talking, you said that um, it's important uh, to articulate a vision for people, and obviously at Comcast you have tools such as the video equipment that you were talking about that allows you to actually touch people visually as well as through their auditory senses. When you're delivering those information, uh, kind of, uh, uh, I want to say, DVDs or, or components, what, what's the mission you are actually bringing to your work as a leader in the role uh-huh. that you're in? Um, I think the mission, first of all, is to inspire. I think any leader has to inspire. Um, we at Comcast are um, we're, we're leanly staffed. Um, we have, uh, you know, have business goals of, of increasing the number of of, of uh, subscribers that we have to the cable business. And the and, and the other thing is that we are in multiple businesses now. So the vision that I really have for HR is how are we going to be hiring and acquiring talent? How are we going to be supporting that? talent once we bring it into the company? How are we going to retain these people? How are we going to make these people uh, feel valued? I also have a responsibility to um, to, to execute on or, or to share a vision with HR for the vision that I have for HR. So that many of the things that we're doing in terms of talent management and leadership development that we're doing for our clients, we also are trying to do internally and really increase the value of the HR brand within the company. So, Sharice, I think with that, we want to kind of now get a little more specific because I think you have a lot of listeners who are in a variety of organizations and leadership position. Um, first, what do you think is the biggest challenge you face in acquiring and retaining talent in your industry? Well, there, there's, I mean, there, there's, there's several. I mean, one is you've got the, the, the issues of the multi-generations of people that you have in the workforce. And, um, we, you know, we've done enough research and we have enough millennials in our, our workforce to know that the way that we approach our millennials are gonna, is going to have to be very different from the way that we approach the, uh, the baby boomers. We've got baby boomers now who don't necessarily want to retire when they're 65 and, and we don't want, we want to figure out ways that we can um, uh, hold on to these people so that we don't have uh, an impending uh, brain drain. Um, We've got in the cable industry, 
in telecommunications industry competition for the first time. And um, we, so now we are competing for talent. So not only are we competing for talent um, internally, but we've got external challenges now so that um, our competitors are looking and seeing um, what a good job we're doing, and they're uh-huh. saying, let's, let's grab some of those people. So mm-hmm. we've got um, challenges in terms of um, really making the employment relationship the best that we, that we can do, that we can, we can make it, but also uh, the challenges of, of uh, supervising and training and holding on to multiple generations of, of employees. You know, Charisse, when you um, look at these individuals, these multi-generational workforce um, folks, you've got the boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, and, and as you know, that's a hot topic for me and trying yes. to retain them because I have a daughter who's 26, and I know, um, as you do with a daughter... Uh, 21, that, right. Yeah, that, right. that they are not going to deal with negativity in the workplace. They're right. not going to deal with the kinds of decisions um, that we have seen made by senior executives around us. They have to be included in that. They're much more collaborative. What, what do you think matters the most to this group um, in terms of how you're retaining them in, in your industry? Well, I, I think that, I, I believe it is the work conditions. And so there are innovative things that we're trying to do um, in terms of making a workplace that feels good to them. Um, um, it, it, here in corporate headquarters, we are extremely buttoned up and people wear suits and men wear shirts and ties. And we've been forced to really relook at uh, things like dress code. Um, we also, um, in, in our interactive media area, uh, we don't have the offices and uh, coveys set up in the same way that we do in the more corporate areas. We've got the nesting areas and we've got the the pod areas so that people can collaborate. Um, so we're, we're doing doing things like that. We're, we're dealing with um, the... Um, uh, you know, you know, dress code so that they, that folks feel comfortable and, and valued. Um, and I, I think that there are things that we're doing. We, we're, we haven't, you know, we haven't gotten to the Google stage, but we're exploring other things that we need to do in order to make people feel comfortable. But you know, I think that we may have to face up to the fact that the average millennial is not coming into our corporations to stay here for 25 years. And so what, what, what my goal is to do is to have the maximum amount of flexibility for the time in which we, we are going to be able to uh, have them in our midst. So, um, Sheree, some of the things that we're, we're talking about, let's say, especially acquiring and retaining talent, sounds like you have a fair amount of different kind of leadership development programs. And maybe you could kind of highlight from the leadership development uh, area, you know, what kind of programs do you have? And maybe there's some that's going on or, or some ideas that you also want to bring to the table. Good. Well, we have several leadership training programs, We're, and, and I'll talk a little bit later about some of the things that some of the um, uh, trade agencies in the um, trade associations in the in the business are, are doing because we uh, use a combination of um, our internal programs through Comcast University and also some of the programs through Women in Cable and Telecommunications and, and uh, Name It, which um, Kathy had mentioned earlier. Um, we have an executive leadership development program um, commonly known as ELF, and it's focused on creating bench strength for various executive level uh, positions throughout Comcast. And it's a year-long program. We divide our people up into teams. They focus on um, putting together a project on organizational change over the course of that year. And at the end of the year, the day of graduation, we actually have them make presentations mm-hmm. about their business ideas about how to improve the business. And we have actually taken business ideas presented by ELF 
um, and incorporate incorporated them in, in into our um, uh, business model. Um, and the process is really there are formal development sessions. Um, they they participate in the team project. Um, they are assigned coaches. Um, they also have assigned a, a uh, interaction with uh, mentors, and the mentors are graduates of the ELF program. Um, they are then linked to them for the mid year period, and then we have a post period where they are they are entitled to continue with the coaching. We also that's have. Amazing. Go ahead. No, that's. Uh-huh. I was just thinking that's that's so phenomenal. Please. Yeah, please. yeah, it's very exciting. And what the, I mean, you know, the the issue is, I, I think the program usually has about fifty people. So if you think about ninety thousand employees and, and fifty people, uh, you know, it's a, it's a small program, but um, you, you know, it's a program that that we hope at some point to be able to expand. But we're we're delighted to be able to get those people in the um, uh, you know through the through the course of that process, and it also helps. Uh, helps us in our talent management process when we are identifying high potentials and really looking at the, the leadership of the future, uh, the ELF program has been really a good source. And we, we're, we're now actually formally check, uh, tracking um, the number of ELF participants who are receiving promotions. And when we look at the talent management um, uh, uh, process here at Comcast. Uh, we also want to make sure that there's value. That, you know that there's real value coming out of the uh, the Elf program. Now, it's, go ahead. So, yeah, we're just getting out to the last minute. Right. Um, so, what I'm interested in, maybe we can talk about this when you come back. Um, how do you identify your high potential? Sounds like someone's going to be in this Elf program, but we'll follow up on that as soon as we come back. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Before every word, there is a thought. Before every action, there is a thought. If everything starts with a leader, what happens when leaders around the world start to think and do things differently? I'm thinking the world will change. Evolve the leader. Evolve the company. Change the world. Join Susan Kavanaugh for Summit Speed. All leaders rise. Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Adding fractions is nothing. For real? Look, these are denominators. You multiply this one so that it's the same as that, then you add them up. Man, that's easy. Charles Bennett dreamed of returning to the old neighborhood as a teacher. But without money for college, only half of his dream came true. He's back in the old neighborhood. Well, enough math. i got to deliver these sandwiches. Please support the United Negro College Fund. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. A message from the UNCF and the Ad Council. 
The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News with your host, Dr. Relly Nadler, and myself, Kathy Greenberg. We're talking to Sharice Lilly from Comcast. Sharice, you were just talking about how you differentiate among your high potentials so that you can get them into these mentoring programs, which you're calling Project ELF. Yes. Um, and, and, Kathy, before I talk about Project F, I just want to tell you about Project FOL, which is Fundamentals of Leadership. That is a leadership development program which is focused on creating bench strength for the director level, so the, the level of employee below the ELF level. We also have a program that is very similar to the ELF program. And, and the way that we identify them is we, we, we really use our, our talent management process. And um, as I told you, we really are uh, getting very focused on uh, performance management at the beginning of the year, supervisors have an in-depth discussion with uh, their employees and talk about their goals for the year. We've got mid-year reviews, and then we look at see what folks are producing. And when people are being innovative, when they are coming up with new ideas, when they are challenging us, then these are the people that we want to put into the Executive Leadership Forum uh, program and really try to encourage their their uh, their growth and development. Um, and then very often people will go through ELF, and then we'll send them through programs either in WICT or uh, NAMIC um, to make sure that they are getting opportunities also external to the company. But it's a process between HR and also the business leadership. And can you just um, tell us the uh, words that you just used, NAMIC and WIC? Yes, NAMIC. Yes, NAMIC is the National Association of Multi-Ethnicity in uh, Communications, and WICT is Women in Cable and Telecommunications. And so those two organizations are, are, you know, it's like the American Bar Association, essentially, of the uh, of the tele- cable and telecommunications industry. Mm-hmm. And they both have leadership training programs that are a year long that are, are uh, aimed at developing uh, women and people of color. Outstanding. Yes. It sounds great. Maybe um, given that this is leadership development news, say a little bit more about how you use the, the coaching you know, some organizations use coaching strictly as a, a development to move up in the organization. Others maybe are using it more for, for problems or needs. And how do, you, mm-hmm. how do you integrate that and maybe what you found as far as any of the uh, results of the coaching? Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, coaching is something that is um, has, has been used throughout at, at Comcast. And in, in past years, I think we probably used it more to really support people who were finding challenges in the workplace. And uh, we're changing the culture a bit so that we are using coaching in a more formal way as a way of assisting people in, in advancing. And so, um, I, you know, I think several years ago there would never have been uh, any thought about using a coach for someone who was considered successful, mm-hmm. but we are beginning to see real value in, um, in, in having coaches and using coaches um, to assist people as they, as they climb the corporate ladder. 
Um, and it, it really is going to vary per, uh, by person by person, and I think that there's some people that um, are more effective and, and um, uh, are, are, you know, more effective at using the coaching mechanism. Um, but we, we are slowly beginning to, to use coaches as a part of the successful development of leaders as opposed to um, uh, using it as a way right. to help someone who's having an issue. Yeah, Relly and I are, as you know, both very strong believers in coaching for top performers because we know that through emotional intelligence you can increase the performance of top performers even as much as doubling their revenue. So that's a a great um, uh, plug for, for the kind of coaching that we talk about and I'm delighted to hear that Comcast is uh, is experiencing that same process. Yes, yes, no, we definitely are. Uh, I also wanted to tell you about um, a, pr- a program that we are um, uh, have started recently um, here at Comcast. It's it's an AVP development program. Uh, we call it boot camp because we have actually identified a few people external to the organization and are bringing them in and giving them a, uh, a deep dive into the cable industry and then putting them at um, an area vice president as is a is a um, you know a sort of basic general manager of uh, of a cable system and ultimately our our goal is to bring in new ideas into the cable business and bring in thoughtful innovative people who can can learn the business and ultimately share best practices and and uh, share new ideas from other industries so we're we're really excited so it's a, a small scale program we brought four people into the company um, in that manner last. Last year, but um, it um, you know it, it's an exciting development because uh, we used to really feel that you couldn't be in cable unless you had been in cable, and so this is an exciting new development also at the company. That's great. I mean, I think that's the value of just bringing in the fresh eyes. Yeah. And uh, you know, Albert Einstein has said this. You know, you have to see a problem from a different consciousness that created the problem. And so bringing in these new yeah. people, I guess you you really are able to get some fresh ideas from that. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's been very exciting, and it's been, um, you know, a challenge is when you've got somebody who's a high performer in, a, in another industry, it's, it's really a leap of faith and, and a leap of confidence that they would, um, uh, would, would take this kind of risk in their careers. But it, it really has proven to be uh, an outstanding way to bring in new talent in the company. But that being said, we really are very devoted to the principle of, uh, identifying good talent and, and helping that talent grow and develop in the company um, and uh, pulling these folks up at, at all levels of the company and, and um, helping them become leaders. Sharice, given the founders of Comcast are, are still with us today, yeah. uh, this is a very young company, yeah. um, and, and certainly uh, you know, there are industry needs that, that, that change but given what the founders of Comcast have been able to achieve in their lifetime, do you believe that leaders are actually born or are they made by some crucible of experience? Well, the, the, I mean, I, you, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I, I really think that that leaders are, are born. I think it is hard to g- simply give somebody experience and make them make them into a leader. Although I do believe in the power of coaching, I, I do believe that um, that someone who has the the innate ability can can be made better. But um, when I look at somebody like uh, Ralph Roberts, who, by the way, just celebrated his um, 88th birthday on uh, on March 13th. Um, uh, but you know, when I look at somebody like that, somebody with that kind of vision, it's really hard to teach. It's hard to teach vision. Um, you know, I think that leadership, innate leadership skills, can be grown and developed. And I do think that there are some people who uh, who probably. Um, 
uh, you know, can come to it with 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 a lot of development. But I I'm more in the the school of of leaders are born, and what we're really doing is we're taking that innate talent and just improving on it and uh, giving folks encouragement and support and, and allowing them to get to the next level. But you know, you can't you can never discount the uh, the value of experience because I think experience with someone who has the natural leadership ability really means that that you can that you are improve you, you're improving on uh, on uh, that innate. You know, one of the things, Sharice, it sounds like you have in your ELF program um, that we know about leadership development, you know, not many leaders have said, um, you know, my best leadership experience was that two-day course I took. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Really what they're, what they're saying is that it sounds like you're doing it in, that, in your ELF experience is you give them real projects, real yeah. things to work on. And then through that, get feedback and, and in the real world. And I think that's kind of what a lot of the leadership development literature is saying also. Yeah, no, this, and it's very exciting because the, and these folks know, I mean, they, they know when, when they come, when they begin that program, we give them examples of things that they know are actually occurring in the business that grew out of ELF projects. And so this is real practical, is not make work. Um, and they also, the other thing I, I, I didn't say is in addition to the coaches and the mentors, there's also a business partner who is um, assigned to that team. So they also get exposure, really good, solid uh-huh. exposure to a senior member. Uh, of the uh, the corporation who helps to uh, give them feedback on the projects as, as they are developing them. So it is. It's real life experience. And by the way, these folks still are working on their day jobs, so it's a huge commitment yeah. for them. But it's a huge commitment from the company uh, to them because it's, 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 you know, it's a pretty expensive program. We are flying people in from all around the country, and, and we are um, making sure that they, they've got every um, use of, of, uh, of, of coaches. And, um, um, you know, it's time... It's a time investment also from the mentors. You know, one of the things that uh, Raleigh and I uh, always promote uh, with our clients is the use of, of telecoaching so that people can minimize the the stress of flying and, you know, getting on a plane. Um, I'm assuming that part of this program that you're doing is also taking advantage of the wonderful infrastructure that you have to work with and also the new building that you have going up. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely take take advantage of the of the technology, and uh, some of this work, of course, is done by uh, conference call, conference calls and and uh, uh, by use of the the video conferencing facilities. And one of the beauties of the new building is that we've got lots of uh, video con- conferencing opportunities, and uh, we we are really it's, it's state of the art, and and of course, we're using all that technology and making this program really happen. Oh, Sharice, you are state-of-the-art, and I cannot thank you enough for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power 
and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rockabye baby by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion makes sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science. But it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News with Dr. Relly Nadler, myself, Kathy Greenberg, and our guest today... Sharice Lilly, Senior Vice President of Human Resources at Comcast. Sharice, you were just talking about the different kinds of programs and infrastructures that are available for you to use at Comcast. You said uh, that you're doing many different leadership development efforts, and you've talked about a couple. Can you share some more with us about some of the things that you're doing that are really differentiating Comcast in the marketplace? Yes. I, um, Kathy, we're, we're in about the... 15th month of an 18-month program called Comcast Emerging Leaders Program, and it's a mentoring program that uh, Steve Burke, our, who's president of the cable division and COO of uh, Comcast Corporation, uh, Steve, last year when we were dealing with some issues around diversity, um, really talked about um, his, his desire to try and um, do some serious mentoring of, of, of emerging leaders. And about 70% of the participants in this program are women and people of color, so we're really, really excited about that. Um, and it is an opportunity for uh, some of our top leaders um, to be assigned a-, a mentor from Steve Burke's Executive Committee. And this program also is uh, about an 18-month program. The mentors and the mentees uh, were assigned based on the a, a, a test, some, some assessments that we did of the mentors of mentees 
and we really try to assign people according to developmental needs and the strengths of the mentors. Um, and so this program has really been a, a fabulous success. We brought the mentors and mentees in twice this year, and they'll, they'll be in one more time before the program ends in June. But it really is an opportunity for the mentor to meet someone who's in a different part of the business. The One of the challenges that we had is that we, we are geog- so geographically dispersed that we made a decision that we would not assign people on the basis of geography, but really on the basis of people's developmental needs. And, and that has worked out pretty well. There have been some challenges when someone is, uh, you know, East Coast, West Coast, but um, the mentors have a, have uh, invited the mentees out to do a day in the life with them. They call. They have consultations. Um, the mentors also will generally spend a half day or a day in the business market with the mentee. And so you, you really get to know, figure out how that person interfaces with the business. And we are hoping that beyond the 18 months that these relationships will continue, and it really has been an opportunity for the mentees to be exposed to a senior member of the um, executive team in the cable division. So we've had some educational, some professors brought in to do some lecturing, and we're really excited about it, and we'll um, inaugurate a second class probably in the fall. That's great to hear. And so it sounds like then the mentors are getting some training and how how to mentor because they they may not they may not all have that on their own. So they do have some regular formal training. Absolutely. So we did. We had formal training for the mentors, and we also have been getting consistent feedback from both the mentors and the mentees just to make sure that um, the relationships have been developing. And we, we've had we've had some pretty good success with with the uh, the relationships. And mm-hmm. once again, everybody still has a day job, but it really has been uh, an exciting prospect for the mentors and the mentees. And I, I have a mentor uh, mentee rather in the uh, who's on the operations end in the uh, uh, Washington D.C. And for me, it really has been an opportunity to get a much deeper dive into the business and to understand some of the people challenges, and we've, we've just had some amazing conversations. So a question that I have, and I'm on the West Coast, and I know you yeah. recently have purchased you know, some of the um, companies in the entertainment world, which yeah. is probably different, you know, so different than cable and maybe also with other companies you've acquired. How, how, do you, how are you integrating folks who may not have the same kind of upbringing and, and experience, you know, in the actual cable business. Right. Well, it's, it, you know, it, it's one of the challenges that we have, and it, it is really, I mean, telephone people are different from cable people. Wireless people are different from cable people, and, it, and it's really a fascinating thing. And obviously in the entertainment industry, you have very different um, very different sensibilities. You've got, um, uh, you, you've got people who are primarily under contract. It, it was interesting to me to see how at a very low level in the organization you have people who are under contract. And so what we are doing is we are learning from each other, and we have recently transferred all of our um, uh, uh, entities, programming entities, on uh, onto our payroll and handbook, and uh-huh. there have to be some adjustments that that that, that have to be made. And, and obviously, you know, the, the state of California has different rules in terms of the employee relationship. So there there have been has been some tweaking. So I, I think that sometimes to our our programming entities, Comcast seems like this big East Coast hand who is um, um, you know not there and. 
um, we're we're trying to make ourselves relevant to our programming entities, and it's it's you know it's 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 important work. And there are leadership programs. Our programming entities, um, the, those folks are are eligible for our leadership programs. Uh, we also have a program called Spirit of Comcast, which was started when when Steve Burke joined us from from Disney uh, about nine years ago. And with uh, with Spirit of Comcast, we actually bring in um, per people director level and above who are new to the organization. They come in for uh, a 48-hour period, and during those 48 hours, we really steep them in, into um, our culture and really say to them, this is what it means to be a Comcaster. And everyone, Ralph, Brian, Steve, um, the the, uh, the uh, leaders of the cable division actually go over and will spend a half hour um, with the uh, the folks in the spirit of Comcast. So the the other thing is that, that there's a certain amount of cultural immersion, and um, we're we're very serious about that. So this is a company that has grown. I mean, we're we're about 45 years old now, but in the last five years, we have gone from a company of 20,000 employees to a company of 60,000 employees with the acquisition of AT&T Broadband, and now we are a co- company of almost 100,000 employees. So the whole integration of our employees into the Comcast. Uh, culture is very important to us, and and I'm I'm sure that we could um, improve on it, but um, we are we are making some serious efforts in in trying to make sure that people feel um, fully integrated and they they understand what it means to be a Comcaster. Sharice, you are full of so much pride when you yes. talk about these projects, and and yes. knowing uh, Ralph uh, Roberts is is. is Little as I do as an acquaintance, yes. I know how heartfelt he is about what he does and how he does it. And having interviewed Steve Burke for my last book, What Happy Companies Know, yes. you know, I, I can hear in your voice the sincerity with which they are trying to carry uh, that spirit yes. from the 20,000 to the 100,000. The question I have for you is at the core of, of the Comcast spirit, is there a word that, that you use to describe, um, what really matters to Comcast? Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's one word, Kathy, and and Ralph said it yesterday. Ralph was on a Comcast Live um, uh, broadcast that went out to all Comcast, and his family. And when I interviewed with Ralph, Ralph said to me, every and at that time we had sixty thousand employees. Ralph, he sort of chuckled and he said, Sharice, I have sixty thousand members of my family." And every one of those people is important to me, and the role of HR is to make sure that my family feels cared for. And so family is really what Ralph is all about, is what what Brian and Steve are all about, and maintaining that family feel in an environment where we're growing exponentially is one of the biggest challenges that we have. And so it is important that we transmit this this language to our supervisors, but the the one word which which permeates um, everything that we do is to trying to to maintain that family feel. There was a time in Comcast when when Ralph knew the name of every single Comcaster, and that's not physically possible uh, for any of us anymore. But um, the general desire to maintain that that feeling of concern and um, desire for, and it's not paternalistic. It really is a, a you know a kind of concern and a, a kind of uh, devotion to making sure that people are cared for and that they are respected and that. They, they, that we're doing everything we can to remind them of that every chance we get. Well, Sharice, I can't think of a better person to be leading uh, a family at Comcast uh, in the spirit uh, that you do, and it's been an honor having you with us today. And, and it's been an honor for me to be with you. Thank you, Sharice. This has been great. 
Thank this, you. This has been Leadership Development News, and we'll be uh, back talking with you next week. Thanks again. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. 